This is the Capital Literature Podcast, bringing you investment letters and audio. The Capital Literature Podcast is a SEBITS capital service for the investment community. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. All rights belong to the respective owners. L1 Capital International Fund, Third Quarter, 2021 Introduction In this September 2021 quarterly report, we have outlined Our quarterly review The return of the market's wall of worry, and our perspectives on the current investment environment in China and globally ex-China The answer to life, the universe and everything, or in our world what makes a business high quality September 2021 Quarterly Review Performance The L1 Capital International Fund's performance during the September 2021 quarter was in line with the benchmark, returning 3.7%, net of fees, compared to the benchmark return of 3.9%. Most of the net return of the fund and benchmark was due to the depreciation of the Australian dollar, which fell 4.3% against the US dollar and 1.9% against the euro. For the calendar year to September 30, 2021, the fund has returned 32.9%, net of fees, outperforming the benchmark by 12.2%. Key Contributors As of September 30, 2021, the portfolio consisted of 25 companies, with the top 10 holdings accounting for 55.1% of the portfolio. In total, 9 companies contributed 0.25% or greater, in odd, during the quarter, of which the three largest contributors were Intuit, Marsh and McLennan and Microsoft. Only one company detracted more than 0.25%, in odd, and the period. The fund was fully invested throughout the September 2021 quarter, with ending quarter cash levels around 2%. We believe the recent modest market sell-off has increased the risk-adjusted return profile of the high-quality businesses in our portfolio. Portfolio Adjustments Like the proverbial swimming duck, from the surface there was not much movement in the fund's holdings. Below the surface, we made several adjustments to the portfolio. MasterCard returned to top 10. We have held MasterCard since inception of the fund. Over the six weeks to September 30, 2021, MasterCard share price retreated 10% and we took advantage of what we believe will be a short-term pullback in the share price to add to our investment. Recent weakness in MasterCard share price is most likely due to concerns about disintermediation and other pressures caused by growth in buy now, pay later and other new payment offerings, as well a general market rotation away from higher growth companies in favor of more cyclical businesses. In our view, the payment network companies, MasterCard and Visa, remain very well positioned to participate in an ever-expanding market for electronic payments. In time, buy now, pay later may have a modest impact on Visa and MasterCard's transaction volumes, however in aggregate, we believe it will have the greater effect of supporting growth in electronic payments more broadly. Nearer term, we believe the recovery in international travel as the world gradually normalizes and learns to live with COVID-19 will be materially positive for MasterCard and Visa's financial performance. E-commerce will also remain a positive key driver for MasterCard and Visa growth. We trimmed the fund's investment in Eagle Materials in early July, crystallizing a strong gain on part of our investment. We remain very positive on Eagle Materials' outlook, with the company positioned just outside the fund's top 10 holdings. We reinvested the proceeds from the partial sale of Eagle Materials by increasing the fund's positions in Graphic Packaging and Louisiana Pacific Corporation. We expect both companies to deliver strong earnings and cash flow over coming years, and both companies remain undervalued at their current share price. 
Outside of the top 10 holdings, we divested four companies, totaling around 8% of the fund. We also made four initial investments during the quarter. Included in these adjustments, in early July 2021, we divested our remaining small investment in Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thermo Fisher, the world leader in the provision of equipment, consumables, and services to the life sciences industry. Thermo Fisher has benefited from elevated demand for its products and services associated with COVID-19 and we sold our residual investment at a gain of more than 70% compared to our average investment cost. Thermo Fisher subsequently held an investor day and positively surprised many people, including us, with very strong medium-term growth targets, notwithstanding a headwind from normalization of COVID-19-related business. Thermo Fisher is a high-quality business and remains on our bench for potential reinvestment. We reinvested the proceeds from our successful investment in Thermo Fisher and Booking Holdings, Booking. Booking was an investment in the funded inception and was featured in our inaugural June 2019 quarterly report. The company owns the world's largest online travel agent, OTA, Booking.com. To say the past 2.5 years has been volatile for Booking is a major understatement. Booking's management has had to address the COVID-19-driven collapse in demand for travel accommodation, as well as to manage volatile demand as the world gradually recovers, interrupted by second and third waves of COVID-19 as variants arise. Throughout these volatile market conditions, Booking's management has executed against a consistent strategy, investing in its platform and network of accommodation providers, and expanded its associated services while improving efficiencies. We believe Booking will come out of the COVID-19 environment a stronger business, with less competition and consumers more predisposed to booking their travel accommodation online. Travel is recovering strongly as vaccination rates increase and COVID-19-related restrictions are lifted, and we expect bookings earnings and cash flow to also recover strongly over the coming years. Figure 1. Figure 1 shows the visa cross-border payment volumes compared to 2019, baseline 100. End of Figure 1. Activision Blizzard is the largest video gaming business in the world outside of China. It owns numerous enduring franchises such as Call of Duty, Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, and Candy Crush. The L1 Capital International Investment Team has an intimate and detailed knowledge of Activision Blizzard's content. It is highly challenging and rare for a company to be able to repeatedly create mass appeal, high-budget video games, known as AAA games. Activision Blizzard's consistent ability to monetize key franchise titles is among the best. However, content is episodic and visibility and timing for the upcoming pipeline of games is not always easy to assess. We maintain a strict discipline around valuation for all investments. Share prices are often much more volatile than our intrinsic valuation assessment for a business. In particular, Activision Blizzard share price is often driven by short-term sentiment, both positive and negative. Recently, negative sentiment has been exacerbated by human resources issues which the company is addressing, including senior management departures. Over the past two and a half years, we have taken advantage of market sentiment and short-term pressures on Activision Blizzard to twice profitably invest and then divest in Activision Blizzard. We believe current circumstances present another such opportunity and have re-established a position in Activision Blizzard. We will proactively engage with the company on improvements in human resources policies and enforcement, as the company moves into an 18-month period of significant content releases across the company's stalwart franchises. The Return of the Market's Wall of Worry There is only ever space for one main headline in day-to-day financial commentary. For the past 18 months the headline has persistently been COVID-19. Other issues, while present, were drowned out by the overriding importance and reach of COVID-19 on the global economy. Over recent months this has changed. 
In our March 2020 quarterly report we commented that the COVID-19 crisis will not last forever and that markets will, at some point, start to prioritize the recovery well before infection rates reduce to low levels or a vaccine is available. With vaccines well proven and increasingly readily available, vaccination rates steadily building in most developed markets, and infections and serious illness and death rates falling in most regions, financial markets have well and truly moved on from COVID. 19. Many industries remain heavily disrupted and have not recovered to pre-COVID-19 levels, but the path to normalization is clear, absent another globally significant variant or other unexpected COVID-19 developments. As the euphoria of COVID-19 normalization has waned, COVID-19 headlines have been replaced with a long list of worries, a myriad of China-related issues including geopolitical tensions, regulatory changes with wide-ranging implications for both domestic and international industries, potential property market pressures centered on Evergrande and ongoing trade disputes. Other, often interrelated, market concerns include global supply chain disruptions, widespread inflationary pressures, energy and semiconductor shortages, U.S. political uncertainties, potential increases in taxation, increased antitrust and other regulatory scrutiny of larger companies, particularly in the technology sector. Simply put, the market's wall of worry has returned. China We are unable to climb the Great Wall of China worry and have concluded China is currently uninvestable for the fund. A key tenet of the L1 Capital International Investment philosophy is that we only invest in businesses which we believe will continue to strengthen over the medium to long term. China's policy in a wide range of areas has, in our view, made it impossible to conclude the Chinese-based businesses we consider for investment will be stronger in the long term, particularly from a shareholder perspective. The Chinese Communist Party, CCP, has a range of objectives in governing China. Supporting strong minority shareholder returns does not appear to be near the top of their list of objectives. Regulation and policy do not need to be actively obstructive to business development for shareholder outcomes to be unsatisfactory. We are reminded of China Mobile, one of the world's leading telecommunications companies which is publicly listed but state-controlled. Over the past 10 years, China Mobile's mobile customers have increased from 580 million to 940 million, revenue has increased from 485 billion Chinese yuans to 770 billion Chinese yuans, and well in excess of 1 trillion Chinese yuans of capital expenditure has been invested by the company in its infrastructure. Yet China Mobile's share price is 35% lower today than it was 10 years ago. Dividends have only partially softened shareholders' pain, with total shareholder returns around 0% over this total 10-year period. Even though they are not majority state-owned and we would expect many of China's technology champions to continue to grow strongly, outcomes for shareholders may be unsatisfactory. We sold the fund's investment in Alibaba in early July 2021 at a small gain and no longer have any investments in businesses which predominantly operate in China. The fund has retained its investment in Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, TSMC, which is well-placed to maintain its global leadership in semiconductor manufacturing. Due to geopolitical risks, we limit the position size of TSMC in the fund. World, ex-China Outside of China, we remain generally comfortable with the operating environment for our portfolio of businesses over our longer-term investment horizon. Our base case view remains the world is on a path to normalization as COVID-19 becomes more controlled and supply chains normalize. U.S. economic conditions generally remain favorable for consumers and businesses. The one major caveat is no major political own goals, which unfortunately is always a risk. Globally, corporate tax rates are likely to increase. We consider increased taxation is accounted for in the valuation of our portfolio of businesses. Periods of uncertainty caused by COVID-19 may also return. 
our portfolio of high-quality, growing businesses remains well-positioned to perform strongly in a range of operating conditions. We continue to avoid story stocks which lack rational valuation support or low-quality businesses which benefit from indiscriminate buying in a favorable investment environment. The Answer to Life, the Universe and Everything In The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the supercomputer Deep Thought is asked to provide the answer to life, the universe and everything. After 7.5 million years of analysis, Deep Thought concludes the answer is 42. Deep Thought continues to say the answer seems unsatisfactory because the problem is you have never actually known what the question is, you have to know what the question actually is to know what the answer means. We are often asked our views on inflation and whether current inflationary pressures evident in many industries will be transitory or will lead to ongoing structural inflation and a pronounced monetary policy response by central banks through interest rate increases. There are current inflationary pressures resulting from supply chain disruptions related to COVID-19, supply, demand imbalances caused by the sharp recovery in demand post the COVID-19 induced slump in economic activity, distortions to labor force participation rates as well as inflationary pressures from increasing energy and other commodity prices. Simple year-on-year comparisons to depressed prices exacerbates headline numbers. Figure 2. Figure 2 show the consumer price indices, inflation, values in percent from 2001 to 2021. End of Figure 2. Structural factors that have contributed to a sustained downward trend in global interest rates since the early 1990s are likely to continue, including Small black square, aging populations in many key countries globally, small black square, deflationary pressures from technology, small black square, high level of debt incurred by households and governments around the world during a period of exceptionally low interest rates, in part due to COVID-19 stimulus-slash-mitigation efforts as well as debt-fueled asset purchases. Elevated debt levels will magnify the effect of modest increases in interest rates, small black square, increased spending on services and intangible goods and experiences, like travel, after a period of elevated spending on goods due to COVID-19. Our view remains many of the inflationary pressures evident today in manufacturing and distribution of goods are exacerbated by temporary, albeit acute, distortions. In contrast, the structural factors constraining general inflation and interest rates will likely endure. Pricing power. Simply to focus on the question whether inflation will be transitory or more permanent and at what level lends itself to a meaningless answer of 42. Far more important is to know whether a business will be able to adapt and respond to varying inflationary conditions. Warren Buffett succinctly said. The single most important decision in evaluating a business is pricing power. If you've got the power to raise prices without losing business to a competitor, you've got a very good business. And if you have to have a prayer session before raising the price by a tenth of a cent, then you've got a terrible business. To this quote, we would add Buffett's extensive commentary on the importance in assessing a business return on invested capital. We have focused on the importance of return on invested capital in prior quarterly reports. Pricing power is a critical quality of high-quality businesses. During the September 2021 quarter, numerous businesses in our portfolio demonstrated the strength of their price power. Graphic packaging was featured in detail in the June 2021 quarterly report. Graphic packaging is currently facing significant inflation in raw materials, particularly old, corrugated containers, which are recycled into new paperboard-based packaging, resins and energy. Due to a very favorable Noah's Ark industry structure, graphic packaging has demonstrated its ability to increase prices to offset cost inflation. These price increases are usually effective after a six-month lag due to the terms of graphic packaging's contracts with its major customers. 
We therefore expect graphic packaging will report continued margin pressure in its upcoming September 2021 quarterly results, with this margin pressure reversing in 2022 as recent price initiatives take full effect. Figure 3. Figure 3 shows the price of graphic packaging's key paperboard products, realized prices will offset cost inflation from 1Q13 to 3Q21. End of Figure 3. We outline the investment case for TSMC in the March 2021 quarterly report. Once again, TSMC participates in a Noah's Ark industry structure, only TSMC and Samsung are able to manufacture semiconductors at the leading edge of sophistication. Samsung competes directly with many of TSMC's customers and therefore, for these companies, TSMC is really the only foundry partner that can meet their semiconductor manufacturing requirements. TSMC generates a very attractive return on its invested capital while its customers receive an outstanding product and share in the economics. Despite its dominant market position, TSMC does not fully exploit its pricing power with its customers, maintaining its position as the most sought-out partner in the industry. As semiconductor technology ages, TSMC reduces the price for its products on a like-for-like basis, as it has more than recovered the cost of its investment and aims to share the manufacturing benefits it accumulates over time with its customers. However, TSMC is not immune to current inflationary pressures affecting most industries, including the semiconductor sector. In addition, the capital cost for new leading-edge foundries continues to increase with TSMC announcing plans to spend over $100 billion on capacity expansion, TSMC is a very capital-intensive business. To maintain its very healthy margins and return on invested capital, it was widely reported during the quarter that TSMC will be increasing prices for its products by around 10% to 20%. TSMC negotiates pricing directly with its customers and there is no list price or publicly announced pricing. The current share price of TSMC does not adequately reflect the financial benefits to TSMC from this demonstration of pricing power. Over the next few years, we expect TSMC to grow total revenue by around 20% PA, maintain earnings margins above 40%, and invest well over $100 billion in capacity expansions, all while maintaining return on invested capital, ROIC, above 40%, a unique combination of powerful financial metrics. The only thing better than pricing power is latent pricing power. Very few companies with pricing power refrain from fully exercising it. TSMC is one such company. Microsoft is another. Leading technology companies, including Microsoft, have been managing their own inflationary cost pressures, particularly skilled labor for many years. However, during the September 2021 quarter for the first time in 10 years, Microsoft announced a material price increase for Office 365. The price increases are transparent, equating to a low double-digit increase in pricing for commercial Office 365 customers. There is no price increase for retail customers. Figure 4. Figure 4 shows the Microsoft Office 365 price changes by product. End of Figure 4. Consumer staples businesses are often heralded as some of the highest quality businesses. After all, many of their products are household names and ubiquitously available around the world. We view the quality of most consumer staples businesses as waning, evidenced by insufficient pricing power. In the current inflationary environment, even the world's largest consumer staples businesses have struggled to increase prices to offset cost inflation, resulting in pressures on revenue and margins. In the not-so-distant past, these companies had massive scale advantages. Competitors struggled to match brand investments in physical retail store product placement or traditional mass advertising. Scale provided logistics cost advantages. Today, it is much easier for a new brand to launch through targeted social media advertising. 
Products are not only sold in physical stores, but through e-commerce channels. Logistics can be outsourced to Amazon or other service providers. Demand for products like toothpaste, household personal care products and food staples, while steady and defensive, is already largely saturated. Growth potential is limited. Over the past year major consumer staples businesses have materially underperformed the market. They have also underperformed businesses like graphic packaging, which supplies packaging for consumer staples businesses, but operates in a well-structured industry and is able to exercise pricing power, unlike its customers. Figure 5. Figure 5 share price performance of consumer staples compared to graphic packaging and the S&P 500 index values in percent from September 2020 to September 2021. End of Figure 5. Valuing consumer staples businesses as if they are amongst the highest quality businesses globally reflects yesterday's analysis. Based on the L1 Capital International Quality Rating System, most global consumer staples businesses are classified as weak quality category 2 or quality category 3 businesses. The share price of some of the leading consumer staples businesses have sufficiently underperformed to reflect fair value more closely. However, at the current time, the L1 Capital Fund has no investments in consumer staples businesses. The answer isn't 42. It is pricing power and high return on invested capital. In summary, if you are looking for the answer to the ultimate question, what makes a business high quality? Pricing power and a high return on invested capital are a strong foundation. These attributes are always of critical importance, but are particularly evident in periods of inflation, whether transitory or more permanent. Portfolio Investment, Texas Instruments, Texas Instruments. We would like to introduce you to Texas Instruments, the largest analog semiconductor company in the world. Texas Instruments epitomizes L1 Capital International's definition of a high-quality, financially attractive investment. Specifically, Texas Instruments benefits from leading market share in a stable and gradually consolidating industry, long-term structural growth drivers, low capital intensity leading to excellent economics and cash flow dynamics, sticky customer relationships resulting from the extremely high value to price of the product, and exceptional track record of capital allocation. Analog semiconductors, they are everywhere. Digital semiconductors, like those designed by NVIDIA, Intel, or AMD use binary language, ones or zeros. Analog semiconductors process real signals. Analog signals are the kind we interact with on a day-to-day basis, light, sound, temperature, weight, etc. Analog signals are not rigid and discrete. They experience a wide range of values. Analog chips bridge the gap between the digital world, what you see on the screen or what lives in the data center, and what exists in the real world, below are just a handful of the thousands of applications. Analog chips convert digital music on your phone into sound waves that our ears and brain can process. Analog chips convert the direct current, DC, power of an electric vehicle, EV, battery into the alternating current, AC, power that an EV's drivetrain requires. Analog chips convert the pressure and force felt by robots in an automated warehouse into usable information so that they don't crush our packages when loading them onto a pallet or truck. Analog chips measure temperature and convert it into a digital signal inside a smart thermostat to keep our homes and offices at the right temperature. Figure 6. Figure 6 shows the analog signals versus digital signals. End of figure 6. Digital chips can carry out millions or even billions of operations per second. To improve upon this, it is required to shrink the transistors on the chip to an even smaller size. The most state-of-the-art digital semiconductors have transistors that are currently, on the order of 3 to 5 nanometers, nm, wide. 1 nanometer is 1 billionth of a meter.
In order to make digital semiconductors better, you have to go from transistors that are 3 billionths of a meter wide to 2 billionths of a meter. This is incredibly expensive, and only TSMC and Samsung currently have the technical capabilities to do this, let alone the financial capital. A state-of-the-art digital semiconductor fabrication plant, FAB, costs around 20 billion US dollars to build. In contrast, an analog chip is not carrying out millions of operations per second. It is translating, modifying, or amplifying a signal. Improving an analog chip has nothing to do with shrinking the process but everything to do with having a skilled research and development team capable of optimizing designs and solutions that satisfy customers' large and varied set of problems. In fact, shrinking the chip might do more harm than good, because it could cause signal interference if the inputs and outputs came too close to each other. Picture the ripples caused when you throw a pebble in a lake, if you drop the pebbles too close to each other, the ripples distort each other's patterns. The cost to build an analog fab is low because old and fully depreciated equipment can be purchased from digital semiconductor companies that they no longer need. Where digital semiconductors are measured in 7 nanometers, 5 nanometers, and 3 nanometers, analog chips are measured in hundreds or thousands of nm. Market size and share dash Noah's Ark industry. Structure. The entire semiconductor market is on the order of 500 billion US dollars annually, most of which is digital. The analog market is relatively niche, on the order of 50 billion US dollars per annum. Within its core markets, Texas Instruments has approximately 30% share with analog devices at number 2 with around 24% share. The tail of the industry is fractured and ripe for consolidation, a perfect L1 capital international Noah's Ark industry structure. Figure 8. Figure 8 shows the Texas Instruments market share versus competitors' values in percent. End of figure 8. While the underlying growth of the automotive and industrial markets are in the low single digits, both markets are experiencing pronounced and prolonged penetration of semiconductors, supporting elevated sustainable high single-digit growth for Texas Instruments. For example, an electric vehicle, EV, contains orders of magnitude more of both analog and digital semiconductor components than an internal combustion, IC, vehicle. Similarly, as newer vehicles contain more infotainment services and devices, as well as safety, ADAS, features, the quantity of analog, and digital, semiconductor content will continue to increase rapidly. Figure 10. Figure 10 shows the analog semiconductor content per car values from 2013 to 2020. End of figure 10. Analog semiconductors enjoy very favorable economic characteristics. The analog semiconductor market is noteworthy for having the lowest average selling prices across the semiconductor industry while simultaneously also having the highest average gross margins. This is only achievable because analog chips are manufactured on far cheaper and older technology with low capital requirements. Figure 11 Figure 11 shows the chip type, the gross margin and unit price of analog chips, microprocessors, microcontroller and memory chips. Analog chips, gross margin 65%. Unit price 33 cents. Microprocessors, gross margin 60%. Unit price $124.86. Microcontroller, gross margin 52%. Unit price 63 cents. Memory chips, gross margin 33%. Unit price $2.51. End of figure 11. Since the unit prices of analog components are so low, but their functions are so critical, for example, converting the power in an F battery into a usable form, switching costs are extremely high relative to the cost of the product. The result is that analog components are incredibly sticky with their customers. 
Scale advantages, bigger is better. There are a myriad of end markets and applications for analog signals. Therefore, an analog semiconductor company must not have 10 or 20 or 100 SKUs, stock keeping units i.e. products, but thousands. Texas Instruments sells nearly 100,000 SKUs and has by far the largest range of products or any analog semiconductor company globally. Selling tens of thousands low-priced units to thousands of customers favors a company that can leverage its scale. In the analog world, the key factors are R&D and SG&A. Compared to its biggest competitor, analog devices, Texas Instruments spends around 500 million US dollars per year more on research and development and approximately 1 billion US dollars more per year on selling, general and administration expenses. Despite outspending its biggest competitor by a combined 1.5 billion US dollars per year on core operating activities, Texas Instruments spends significantly less as a percentage of revenue as a result of its industry-leading scale economies. Figure 12. Figure 12 shows the economies of scale, R&D. End of figure 12. Figure 13. Figure 13 shows the economies of scale, SG&A. End of figure 13. Extraordinary business economics. Texas Instruments has two-thirds of its revenue exposed to automotive and industrial, markets which will grow high single digits per annum for the next decade. Incorporating other lower growth end markets, we expect the company's total revenue should sustainably grow mid-single digits per annum if not higher. Combining Texas Instruments' steady growth with operating leverage arising from world-class economies of scale should lead to earnings growth in the high single digits before taking into account the benefit of stock buybacks or other capital allocation initiatives. Texas Instruments requires very little capital, relative to its size, to support its growth. Growth has been virtually entirely organic, no acquisitions. Management has been able to allocate excess capital into well-timed stock buybacks as well as consistently increasing the dividend. In the last decade, total shares outstanding have declined by over 20%, while earnings per share and dividends have shown dramatic growth. Figure 14. Figure 14 shows the Texas Instruments consistent EPS and DPS growth allocation from 2016 to 2025 F. End of Figure 14. Figure 15. Figure 15 shows the Texas Instruments exemplary capital values from 2016 to 2025 F. End of Figure 15.